0: I like the episode with the founder of AirCall on how to go from handling your own sales to scaling a sales team. It has great advice for entrepreneurs. Listen to the science of scaling, wherever you get your podcasts for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. How a new era of privacy took over your email by Natasha Tiku. May 25th marks the dawn of a new age in consumer privacy. Yet it wasn't supposed to look like the promotions tab at Gmail, full of messages that may or may not be useful, none of which you want to click on, all with fine print that makes the information less engaging. For months, companies have been bombarding inboxes with privacy updates, nominally to comply with the General Data Protection Regulation, a supercharged set of privacy laws in the European Union, which go into effect on Friday. Under GDPR, companies are required to have a legal basis for collecting personal data, such as the user's consent or face serious fines. The law applies to companies processing data of people in the EU, which means most major American companies are also affected. As the deadline approaches, the deluge has only intensified. That's prompted GDPR critics to point to consent fatigue over the notices as a sign that the regulation is burdensome and that consumers don't care about privacy anyway. They question whether the new policies offer users any additional protection. But EU regulators, lawyers, and privacy advocates insist it didn't have to be this way. GDPR was supposed to inform consumers about the personal data being collected about them and for what purpose. The idea was to incentivize companies to minimize the amount of data they hoovered up. Consent had to be informed, unambiguous, and freely given. If people were put off by clear explanation of how their personal information was being used, then the behavior would stop. Instead, many of the law's defenders say companies are using these emails as a way to avoid the underlying principles of clear disclosure. In some cases, their requests for consent are unnecessary, spamming you when they already had a legitimate reason to have your info. In other cases, organizations are using GDPR to mask the fact that they never had any right to your data in the first place. Then there are the emails that seem to openly flout the law, either threatening to shut down an account unless you agree to new privacy terms or saying they'll interpret your silence as consent. We are a little bit disappointed, says Giovanni Buttarelli, who, as supervisor of the European Data Protection Authority, is the continent's top data protection watchdog. In our point of view, sorry, it's not enough. So we think we need real change in how the giant tech companies approach people and information about them. In an interview, Buttarelli says many of the new policies are written in perhaps a long and vague approach, perhaps in legalese, and this does not help people, so they must be scrutinized carefully. Butarelli says the technology companies developing and distributing their new privacy policies are in the position to benefit from the best legal advice and the most advanced technology in implementing the principle in design. For companies that are so efficient with data mining and artificial intelligence, why not bring that same forward-thinking technological and design principles to being ethically oriented, he asked. Don't expect the shortcomings to lead to immediate penalties and fines. Fines are the last step of the exercise, Buttarelli says. We need to first focus on compliance, and therefore what is more important is that people receive shorter, more communicative notices based on very simple and concise language and where you do not need to make use of artificial intelligence to interpret it. Facebook and Google, which collect an extraordinary amount of personal data, have received particular scrutiny. Facebook users in the EU have received emails and pop-up banners instructing them that they have to accept Facebook's updated terms by Friday to continue using the service. In response to questions from Wired about whether that approach is compliant with GDPR, a Facebook spokesperson said the company is roadblocking Europeans who come to the service, requiring them to agree to new terms of service. The spokesperson added that users are asked for their dedicated attention and consent on three specific critical topics, sensitive data, facial recognition, and use of outside data to inform ads. Users are free to consent or decline each of the three choices they are offered, she said. To Johnny Ryan, a researcher at PageFair, which helps companies get around ad blockers and promotes collecting less personal data, putting it at odds with the digital duopoly, Facebook seems to be playing a game of brinksmanship. They make lots of noise about complying with the GDPR, but in practice they have produced a take-it-or-leave-it opt-in screen that is entirely unlawful under the new regulation. Outside of the tech giants, many companies have email lists that were never entirely kosher and viewed the GDPR as an opportunity to sanitize them, Ryan says. In other words, don't blame the rules, blame the companies that had your data all along and are only now asking for your okay. I love the subject lines like, please don't leave us, we value you, says Tiffany Lee, a resident fellow at Yale Law School's Information Society Project and former in-house counsel for the coding education startup General Assembly. The companies reaching out are like a bad boyfriend. They want you to stay, but they know they did something wrong, she comments. Jean-Paul Schmetz, CEO of Clix GmbH, a German-based startup that owns a privacy-focused browser, as well as the anti-tracking tool Ghostery, sees the long, inconvenient emails as the side effect of companies trying to avoid privacy. He points to Facebook's request for consent around facial recognition as one example. The social network stopped offering the tool in the EU in 2012 after objections in numerous countries, but allowed EU users to opt in to the tool under GDPR, even though the data protection authorities had not given it the all-clear. They smuggled that in by making the whole process laborious, Schmitz says. It's easy enough to imagine a privacy-friendly interface with easy-to-understand on-and-off switches that let users consent to choices like the following— Collecting the bare minimum amount of data needed to make the product or service function, a moderate amount of reasonable data, or go wild, I don't care. Still, for all the talk about companies choosing the more confusing path, no one could point to an example of a company doing it correctly short of opting out of data collection. The best consent emails are the ones you don't have to send because you're not doing anything that requires it, according to Schmetz.